Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, I've got a very special guest. She is the head coach of Westchester Aquatic Club, who has, among many, many other accolades, they have broken over 110 Metropolitan Swimming Age Group records. Uh, you may know her <clears throat> as the one-time coach of Kate Douglas, uh, who's a superstar for the University of Virginia now. Please welcome Carly Fierro. Carly, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you for asking me to come on. started this discussion you're like okay so i do things a little a little bit differently um i kind of have my own philosophy of how i i think kids should be trained where did where did this where did this philosophy um start developing you know what what made it come about for you well i mean i've been really fortunate to have excellent coaching throughout my swim career i didn't develop into a national swimmer but i was exposed to a lot of great coaches and i kind of pulled from every coach what i liked what I didn't like, but my main concern was the amount of athletes getting injured and including my son. So I thought that as coaches, we could do a better job in helping swimmers uh, develop strategies and skills so they could swim fast doing less work. What, what did you want to change about um, your style of coaching or just kind of the, the, the style of coaching in general? Um, what it's did you evolved. Want to... Yeah, it's evolved. I think uh, Kate was my learning curve. Um, my one principle is teaching swimmers how to be light in the water. So every swimmer has their own center of gravity on, on, you know, some people are light on their feet. They can dance. Some people can't in the water. It's the same. Some people can float. Some people can't. So my main philosophy is teaching swimmers how their center of gravity in the water and making them as light as possible when they swim. So literally teaching them to be right on top of the water. So we never kick with a kickboard at all, ever. Um, we do not use a kickboard because I feel that when you kick, you're not in that position. So all my drills are designed on your body position in the water. So if, you, you know, if you're kicking on a kickboard, you know, it puts stress on your shoulders, you're up, your legs are down, that's not how you swim. So I tried to develop every single drill with thinking in mind, all right, what is their body position in the water? What body position is ideal in the water? And then you have, everybody has different muscle mass, everybody's more dense, everybody's more light. So um, that's the first principle that I teach. And we teach it at a very young age. So we teach it like at seven and eight years old. They, they wear a snorkel and uh, they, they learn to kick with their hands in front, allowing their arms to float on top of the water, um, head position in the middle of the top of their head, back nice and flat, and just kicking up to their ankles and just teaching them. Every, and then we'll kick with their hands at their side and then we'll incorporate a lot of distance per stroke. So um, every drill that I create has a connection. So it's it's all muscle memory. I feel that um, if swimmers practice correct technique, and so what one of the 
reasons. I mean, I was really lucky. I got to go to the Olympic Training Center. And I'm a bit annoying when I go there because I ask a lot of questions. But um, it's like Russell Mark, it was amazing. And um, every time I go there, it's like, oh, my God, Carly's here again. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Russell, let's get down to it. And um, so I kind of pick his brain. And I'm very visual. So um, I'm incredibly visual. And I'm able to look at a stroke and make adjustments for each athlete that works for them. So uh, not every athlete has the same flexibility, not every athlete has the same strength. Um, so what I learned at the Olympic Training Center, I bring back, you know, and so the hands under drill is basically teaching the reach and the push and distance per pull. So, um, Swimmers kick for six, one hand in front. You know, I sent you the videos, one hand in the back. And basically, <clears throat> they kick for six. And how far can they get on one pull? And when we first started it, um, they were getting like 10 pulls. Now, if you looked at the video I sent you, now they're getting six. So it's like more efficient. So if you look at somebody like Claire, and, and what was similar between Claire and Kate was they both did their drills impeccably correctly. So it's very much about technique. And I think that's what makes my, my exceptional swimmers are the ones that really apply their technique. So with Kate, it was kind of like a, cur a learning curve with her because I didn't know if it was gonna work or not. So um, also quality sets, um, not a lot of garbage yardage, um, explaining everything to the swimmers. So if we're gonna do, um, let's say you wanna go, uh, you want to pick two minutes and a two free, just a, a, a quick example. And we're going to do, we're going to go four fifties on 45. So take whatever time you want to do in the two free divided by four. And that's what you need to try to hold. And you have to try to, you know, add one second maybe. And so teaching them about the awareness of how fast they're swimming, what they need to do to achieve their goals, and also a heart rate. So I had the opportunity for John Urbancheck, and he's amazing. And the color chart, and we use that a lot. Um, my philosophy is uh, a half hour to 45 minutes of threshold every day. So, and I, we don't start at that right away. We start at like 15 minutes and then we build up to 20 minutes and then um, teaching them to be uncomfortable, but being comfortable being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. I think that's a big, big buzz phrase in swimming. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, be uh, comfortable being uncomfortable, right? That's that's like that's swimming in a nutshell. Uh, <laughs> I think but, you know, kids especially. <clears throat> when I grew up, you just did what you were told. I, I mean, we did crazy sets, you know, and there was no thought into it. You didn't think about it. You just did it, and um, I had a coach, Bill Stremel, when I was at Badger, and he was awesome. And he would always explain everything to us. You know, this is why you're going to do it. This is what I expect you to do. And it was like a miracle, you know, the movie miracle again, <laughs> you know, again. So that was, that was pretty remarkable to have, have a coach like that was great. And so I kind of pulled from that. And um, uh, my warm up is really aerobic. So when I have people visit me, they can't keep up with my warm up. So it's very, so they get a very good aerobic base during the warm up. There's no more than five, 10 seconds between each, each 25. So even though we're doing 25s, it's incredibly aerobic. 
So there, and I isolate the muscle groups. So, um, because I learned at the Olympic Training Center, if you isolate the muscle groups, that's the best way to avoid injury. So we'll start with kick and then we'll do arms and then we'll do drill and then we'll do swim and then we'll, you know, repeat that pull, kick, swim, you know, and, and just try to make a connection. Every drill connects to perfect technique. That, that's super interesting. And so what age group, you know, what age group is this for? What, and what, how we start, I, you know, with? Um, with the pandemic, it's kind of good because um, I tried to have siblings like, you know, if I showed you the video, I have my own, like my 13 and overs. And then I have a couple of siblings in one lane because it's really hard for parents to get kids to different pools and our training schedule is so crazy. We're, I have one group swimming at 5.15 in the morning. Um, three days a week and another group swim like Claire swims um, at night, 830 to 1015. So it's crazy like the schedule, but um, we start right away. We start them like at, at seven and eight years old. Okay. So and then, um, and they do this, it right away. And is this all pretty much all the way through here? All the way enough? through, all the way through. Okay. Yeah. And so by so, the time, and I coach all the groups except like the eight and unders. Mm-hmm. So, um, I do everything, you know, my, my son, you know, my son co- started coaching with me and he used to do the younger ones, but he passed 10 years, uh, five years ago. So now I do all the groups. So, um, which is kind of fun. Um, when we were, when my pool was open, I coached for four and a half hours straight and, um, six on the weekend and, and it was never boring because, um, 10 and unders are really easy for me. It's, it's like, they're so easy. Um, they're, they're seamless. Um, are fun. Getting, yeah, it's like, it, to me, it's not even a work to work with 10 and unders, but getting swimmers as they're older to swim fast is a challenge because like girls' bodies change and, um, you know, there's a lot of factors. Boys, it's great. If you give them good technique, they get a little testosterone, they grow, they start to swim fast. Mm-hmm. So as long as they have great technique, you know, and uh, they have a good work ethic, they're going to improve. Where girls, it's like, for me, I was really good at 12 and under, but I grew in the wrong weights. So now my body changed. And I, you know, and just my own personal experience, um, I went to Greenwich High School and I swam on, uh, in Connecticut, you had to swim with your high school team. And I always swam really well there. And then I go back to Badger and and I didn't swim well. And it's not that Badger's philosophy is wrong. It's just that style didn't work for me. So for a long time, I felt like I was a failure. Like, why didn't I swim well there? Everybody else is swimming well. And um, it, it, it had nothing to do with, with Badger's style of, of training. It's just for my, for my personal self, it didn't work. So, uh, you know, my pathway doesn't mean that what other programs do is poor. I think um, Badger's, uh, you know, has given me so many things. I'm so grateful for John Collins. He was my first mentor and he really taught me so much about coaching. I would not be coaching, you know, if it wasn't for John and, and my brother who, you know, got me into coaching. Um, you know, I had a job at IBM. <laughs> but I think what's really important is um, not to judge and have the ability to change. If something doesn't work, move on, you know, and, and try to figure it out. Um, I grew up in a family where there were never problems, only solutions. So even if something doesn't pan out, 
let's try to figure out what does and let's, let's, let's figure it out together. And I'm always asking my swimmers, how does that feel? Do you feel that helps? Um, th that's really important as well to have a good um, communication. Does that help your stroke? Does it help you feel better? Um, that's, that's really critical because um, every group is different and, and um, every athlete is different and their feel is different. So, you know, but I, I really feel that if, if we teach athletes to swim correctly, if we give them strategies on how to train properly, and, and that's why I think the heart rate is really important because girls have a tremendous amount of threshold. That's probably why we give birth, you know, it's like we can handle a lot, you know, and, but when you, when some of the boys, it's like, okay, do you think you're working hard? Okay, take your heart rate up to this. And, you know, I like uh, in 10 seconds for your heart rate to be around 30 um, or above. And they'll be like 16, 18, 21. And I'm like, well, that, I mean, you might think you're working hard, but your body is telling you, you could work harder. So let's, let's try to get your heart rate up and teaching them to understand that you could swim fast with your heart rate up, not to be afraid to have your heart rate up. And that's one of the other principles that I, I teach them is I get their heart rate high. And then what I do is um, I challenge them after that so that once their heart rate is really high and they think they can't do any more, I'll give them some rest. I'm like, all right, let's do a hundred per time. And they're like amazed. Oh my God, I swim so fast. So I said, yes, you could swim fast with your heart rate up. So it's kind of like that philosophy. So I don't know if that makes any sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that's, that's essentially what the ISL is, right? You swim, yeah. you swim back to back races, you get, you get your heart rate up, you get going and then you just keep going fast. But I mean, that's way over generalization, but I think that philosophy makes sense. I wanted to back up a little bit. Um, so how long, you know, just structurally, how long are, is, is each practice for, you know, a 10 and under for uh, 11 to 14 and for, you know, the 13 and overs? That's a, a new thing that I did because a lot of teams, they try to do too much too young. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I feel we start the eights of 45 minutes and there are programs that it just becomes daycare. Um, you know, um, I've had kids come to my team and I'm like, no, you know, even a good eight year old is going to swim an hour. You know, they're not going to swim more than that. And it's all technique. It's all technique, which is really, really critically important. And from that, we go to an hour and 15 minutes if they're nine to 10. And then we build up because there needs to be a progression. If you start an eight-year-old at two hours, what are they going to progress to? You know, and one of the things about my team, and you can see that with Kate, is there's room for growth. We haven't overdone it. So um, we only do one dry land session a week. So... There's a lot, a lot of room for growth and um, they haven't done it all already. So they're swimming really fast, having done a lot. So when they go into a program that has a real structured dry land program, a good strength and training program and start to do doubles, you're going to see like huge improvements because, you know, they haven't done it all where there's so many teams that they have 10, 11 and 12 year olds going like doubles. Like, like I was like, it was remarkable. Some of the comments I saw, like we pound yardage and we do all this stuff. And I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> Sorry. We just don't do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
You know, another thing I have to show you, I, I, you know, we rescue dogs and I have a dog that I was hoping to get through the podcast, but I'm not sure. So I got, my son bought me this book and this is a really great book. Okay. And in this book, it has workouts and um, phrases. And so I'm constantly flipping through this book and piecing together. Like I sent you the dueling distance that was from this book. And then I modify it for my team. So I take the concept that great coaches have had and I apply it and modify it to my style of coaching. And that's basically, you know, swimming smart. So even with the younger kids, everybody thinks more is better, but sometimes more is just more. And then the kids that say swimming, I can't tell you how many kids have come to my team and they're like, um, you know, yelled at screamed at, and 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 told like you know you're not swimming fast enough i had one kid it was really sad he just came to my team and uh the mother showed me his homework and it, he used the adjective um i forgot what he, but it, it, he drew a picture of his coach screaming at him you're not going fast enough and, and you know this kid was just babbing because i think there's a lot of pressure for coaches to get athletes to swim fast but in the long run, you know, sometimes kids who are really good at eight, nine and 10, they don't make it in the, you know, in the scheme of things. So you like when you like, now I own my own team. So when you own your own team, it's a different philosophy when you, because everybody matters, everybody counts, everybody should matter. Everybody should count anyway. Mm. But when you own your own team and you take somebody's fee, you have a responsibility to do the best job you can for that athlete because they have paid you to do so. And sometimes when you, when you um, work as an employee for someone, you know, it, it, the philosophy is a little different, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like, um, you know, if, if, if an athlete leaves the team, it doesn't affect your salary, you know, you're gonna get paid the same, you know? Um, and so for, for the tolerance level may be different, um, the consideration may be different, I don't, I don't think that applies to everyone, but I think when you own your own club, um, there's, I I feel there's a lot more responsibility um, for me, especially for me uh, to make sure I do my job and to make sure that I I, I do a good job. And um, I treat every athlete basically the same. Everybody gets the same. And, um, and I think that's, you know, really important, but going back to your question, so um, the progression is very, very important and not to do too much too young and to do more quality um, when they're young. Yeah, I, I, I like that philosophy. Again, you mentioned before, you know, it's, it might not be for everyone, but this is one way of doing it. And I think that's an important way of doing it because first and foremost, swimming should be safe, right? Uh, you, you learn to swim to be water safe. And then second, it should be fun, right? Especially, yes. especially for little kids. And I mean, doing- Oh yeah. We have quack splashes. We like, and what I do is um, I always write articles about personal best swims. So if you make my honor roll, I very rarely write about who won. Okay. I like, like, you know, Sometimes I'll write a little blurb, but then I have a list of, I call it the Wolverine high honor athletes and it's personal best swims. And I list every single athlete and I like to do it because it gives me an idea 
I go through the meat results and he gives me an idea, okay, who's improved, who hasn't improved, who do I need to work on, you know, who needs to be working in certain areas. So I type in their name and I look at their events, how many personal bests they slam and it, it, you know, and then we send it out in in a newsletter. And then that, that really helps because it's really about self-improvement. And then all those little improvements will uh, add up to big rewards. So that's like another thing I do. So this, so I, I really like that, you know, it's, it's about self-improvement. It's not, it's not always about winning and it is, it is, especially at a younger age that I, I feel like that can become so easy to get wrapped up in, uh, especially if you have success at a young age, you, you feel like you're expected to win, you're expected to win all these medals and, uh, it's, it's about self-improvement. That's first and foremost, it's about enjoying your sport. It's about getting, getting, getting better for yourself. Agreed. Uh, so the, the 13 and overs, how long are you, I think you mentioned they don't do doubles. No. Okay. And how long, how, what, what's a typical practice like for them? Okay. So, um, an hour and 45 minutes is what we're swimming now. So Kate's doing the, I mean, um, Claire's doing those times swimming an hour and 45 minutes. I mean, I, who would thought, who would ever think that, you know, swimmers adapt, children adapt. Um, the boys and girls club has been great. Um, it's, it's a really terrific pool. It's an eight lane pool. So it allows me, um, to spread out and do different things. But um, I have to mention, I'm very grateful to, for them because if it wasn't for them, I would not be functioning right now. Mm. But um, but anyway, um, so we start workout with um, usually like 100 free, 100 back, nice and loose. Then they put their goggles on, I mean, their, their snorkel on. And then we'll do four laps, butterfly kick, just loosening up the hips, uh, dr- driving the chest down, knees down, chest under, lifting the legs up and down just nice and relaxed uh, movement. And then we'll do 425 kicking for six, one butterfly pull. And then we'll go into four laps breaststroke kick and we'll just keep doing that. Uh, we'll do a couple breaststroke drills. We'll do more breaststroke kick. We'll do more breaststroke drill and then we'll go right into backstroke. We'll do sit up backstroke, backstroke kick, you know, going right into um, the freestyle. And we do that for 45 minutes. And just 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 to add a little context uh, for our listeners, I'm gonna have videos in the in the in the description of this um, you, that you sent me the videos yeah, of all these drills. Yeah. yeah, so we're, we're, you're gonna have a, a visual. Uh, I know Carly's visual. You're gonna have the visual that that, that Carly has um, for these drills if you want to try them out yourself. Um, so, I mean, did please, you notice please. like the the distance per stroke? Did you notice? Um, how light they were on top of the water. I think that's like one of the things that I'm really proud of. And then after that, we stretch. So uh, we stretch after that. And then we'll always do a preset. So you stretch outside of the water? No, in the water. So what they do, I social distance them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they go, you saw how we social distance. It's a whole new way of coaching. Um, (laughs) Can't tell kids to swim into the wall anymore. Um, So uh, we social distance and we stretch um, for about, maybe two, three minutes. I have a certain stretch routine. Uh, they go back and then we do always do a preset. Um, it'll be like 650, um, 650s, three descend on 45 and then three pace on 40. And they do not get a lot of rest between sets. 
no more than very rarely more than a minute rest between sets. That's the other thing I do. So, you know, it's, it's, they don't, they just don't. And they're used to it. Like this morning I was, we have a, uh, we're doing time trials this weekend and I always like to add more rest when we're doing racing and um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching them and they like, don't know what to do with themselves. They're just like sitting at the wall and, you know, you know, but, um, but basically, you know, uh, seriously, it's like, what am I going to do with all this rest? So um, like this morning, let me see, what did I do this morning? So this morning um, we did uh, three 100s on one, after the preset and then we'll do one lap double arm and we'll do four, four 25s kick face out one lap double arm. And then we did three 100s descend on 130. And I mean, on 120. And then we did that round again, double arm, four fit, four 25s kick, one lap double arm. And then we did four 100s descend one to three, sprint the fourth one on 115. And then we did the whole kick, you know, double arm kick thing again. And then we, and then we, we continued. We did, um, but then we did three on 110 pace. Then we did the kick, the, you know, the double arm kick. And then the last one, we did two on 105. And that was, that was that set. Yeah. You know, and then after that, you know, um, we did double arm and we did butterfly kick. And then we did, um, then we'll do some butterfly and we'll go like 225s on 30, four on 25, and then four on 20. And then we'll go right into backstroke. And then, uh, like backstroke, I, you know, especially with the social distancing, it's really hard. Um, we'll go, sometimes we'll go uh, backstroke, three descend on 50, two pace on 45, three descend on 40, two pace on 35. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go right into breaststroke and do the same thing, you know, and then free. I do a lot of logo, high go free. And logo is obviously going, how low can you go? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you start sometimes I'll do like, Two on fifty, two on forty-five, two on forty, two on thirty-five, two on thirty. Um, sometimes we'll start two on thirty, two on thirty-five. You know, it depends. Like, you know, just to, I'm always challenging them. So um, once they get comfortable doing something, then I'll like, okay, I'll talk about it like a week. All right, you know, we're gonna be doing fifties on thirty pretty soon. We're gonna try it, and then the following week we'll try it, and they'll get really pumped and excited. Uh, to try to make it and to make it a challenge. So, you know, I'm always putting ideas in their head, which is one of the things I would do with Kate all the time. I, I, you know, Kate was so much fun to watch race because she was such a talented racer. And um, I would stick an idea in her head, you know, Kate, I think it's, you know, time you broke uh, two minutes in the 2am and just leave it alone, you know, and let her think about it, you know, and then when it came time to race, like she would do it, you know, but um, one of the things I've learned with Kate is to tie in the performance you want in a meet into the practice. So I think that's really important. So if there's certain splits that they want to, you want them to do in a meet, um, you have to kind of get their body prepared to do that in practice so that when it comes to the meet, it's all kind of muscle man- memory, body memory, and then they can do it and they're feeling comfortable doing it. So um, that's like a big piece of what I do. And it, it seems like it's paid off so far. I mean, we saw examples of that just this past weekend, 13 year old, you know, Claire, who you've been, oh, she's a to. master. <laughs> so, so, so smart. So she cool. is in like, she is my easy button. Um, she is such a breeze to coach. She like, she knows like, 
And I'm like, all right, Claire, you know, 27s on this set. Like she, lead, like she knows, um, like when she went, when she first went under 445, you know, Claire really wants to go to trials. It, and- I mean, and of course the pro, they took out the short court dark times. So here's a girl that really wants to go to trials and they took out these times. And it's just devastating that she doesn't have an opportunity to try to get her trial cut. So I don't know what they were thinking to post times for the pro and to give athletes this goal to make and then say, well, we're only gonna take swimmers who have trial cuts. So before the open was posted, it had long course meter cuts and then the senior cut, which is comparable. So it's just as fast as the trials cut. You know, senior national, it's long course short. But USA Swimming took it out probably to keep, you know, the session small. But now you 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 got FINA approved, so foreign athletes can come and make the Olympic make Olympics in in the United States. That just doesn't make any sense. You eliminate an opportunity for our athletes, but you um, open the meet up for international athletes to come and make Olympics. So I, I've. I'm like having difficulty understanding that concept, but getting back to Claire, she knew she had to hold 28s. And at the Boys and Girls Club, there's a, a clock and she's watching that clock and she's watching that clock and she's watching her splits and she knows exactly what she needs to do. You know, and then she knew and she prepared herself in practice. Like when we were doing sets, I'm like, Claire, you know, you have to hold 28. So if we're going to do this set of 50s logo, even even when we get down to, to 35, you got to hold 28s and she'll do it. Like she is very intelligent about her swimming and her body, which I think is really important to talk about. Because with girls, like everybody assumes like for Kate, she grew a lot the last year she was with me. And everybody thinks like, oh, that's, you know, really great. But not really because, you know, Kate had scoliosis and probably nobody ever knew this. And the last year Kate was with me, she was in a back brace for 16 to 20 hours a day. So imagine a 14 year old having to go to school in a back brace, being sore all the time, all the time, this poor girl. And everybody just assumed, oh, she grew and it it wasn't easy. She She was sore all the time. So it was really, really hard for her, but you know, nobody really knew that. So that's like a little tidbit about Kate that and she never felt sorry for herself. She always worked hard. She always worked through it. But, you know, she had a lot of challenges herself. When Claire grew, she grew five inches this year. And when she started to get some growing pains, um, her mom and I decided, all right, let's, let's go to an orthopedic and let's find out why she's sore. You know, her muscles were sore. And we put her on um, her mother's amazing. Uh, Diane is wonderful. And she takes Claire to physical therapy several times a week just because she grew so much this year. And when you grow, there's a lot of challenges because you have to, number one, you have to adjust their stroke to now their new size. Number two, you can't really overdo it because all the joints haven't really adjusted to the growth. And so there's a lot of challenges. And with, with um, Claire, for the month of July, we did kick and drills only. We did nothing but kick and drills until she was feeling better. When she started to feel better, which I think was like the second week of August, that's when we resumed training with Claire. So we were very, very patient with her because um, I, did, I don't want any of my athletes to, to be in pain. 
you know, and, and her muscles are really sore. And it, it came to when, when athletes grow, especially like the, and Claire's not done. She's going to be about six, one, six, two right now. She's five eleven. So, um, it's, it's not that easy for them. There's a lot of things that they have to adjust. Like I never had growing pains. I didn't grow. <laughs> so I, I couldn't relate to that, you know, but when athletes, their bodies change, um, you know, you, boys, you get knee problems because, you know, they have all this growth and then, you know, n- none of their joints are, are their cartilages aren't strong because uh, they have all this space between their, your, their joints because they, they just grew. So you have to be really conscious of that. And I think um, for girls, like if they don't grow, that's huge, really difficult. Um, that's what happened to me. And just um, helping them understand and how do you say it? Um, setting appropriate goals for them, that realistic goals for them that help them feel good about themselves. And I think the hardest part is the parents. Um, and, and the best thing that ever happened is no spectators. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no moms up on this balcony, you know, uh, no spectators. Uh, children do a lot better on their own. They need to learn how to fail, learn from failure, um, get back up and do it again. Parents nowadays are fixers. They want to fix everything. So, um, and what's happening is, we're creating a, an environment where kids are afraid to fail. They don't want to disappoint anybody. They don't want to disappoint their parents. They don't want to, you know, and I think that there's a lot to be learned um, from failure. I mean, Claire wanted to do those two 500 frees. I wasn't really wanting her to do that, but she was like, you know, I want to do those two 500 frees. I want to see how I feel. I want to really work on my pacing. And that's what we did. And then two weeks later, she came back and, and, and had a fantastic weekend. So, for me, communicating with the athlete, having letting, ha- asking them how they're feeling, assuring them that it's okay. But um, I have one thing I wanted to share with you that my son told me, and I'll, and I'll never forget it. Um, it was uh, one, you know, one of our last conversations. We drove to work together, and my son Billy called from college, and um, he was complaining about his coach. And I thought I was being a good mom, and I was like, you know, I get off the phone, and 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 my son had such a great connection with people. And he takes his arm and he puts it on my shoulder. He's like, mom, when Billy calls, he doesn't need a coach. He has a coach. He needs a mom. And I was like, wow, you know, I really thought about that. And I thought like as a coach mom, I had all this incredible insight. And from that point on, what I did was I never, when Billy called, I always said, what did your coach say? How, how, you know, and we talked about something else. Billy was so afraid to disappoint me that it was affecting his ability to perform. And for me to like, to have, I own my own team. I'm pretty much the coach. And for me to have a weekend off is huge. So for me to have a weekend off and go watch my son swim and watch him swim poorly, <laughs> like be in the stands and be like, you know, Billy, I just love watching you swim. And his whole face would light up. And I'm like, wow, this is great, <laughs> you know? And then we go, we go out to dinner and I go back home and now all the stress was gone. I just let it go and let his coach have his relationship with him. And I removed my relationship from him in regards to swimming and just became a mom. 
And for me, the stress was done. I was like, I have no stress. There's nothing on me now. I can just like go be a mom, watch my kids swim. Because the bottom line is, you know, my son passed away. He's gone. I don't really care how fast my son swam. You know what I mean? Enjoy what you have. And his swimming improved tremendously because he didn't have the pressure from me to, he knew like, they, 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 they worry about their expectations with their parents. They don't want to disappoint them. And some of the things I hear parents say to their kids is just horrible. And I, I'm just like, this is swimming. You know, this is swimming. There's life. <laughs> life is out there and your child's going to have disappointments and your child is not going to be perfect. And you have to, you know, appreciate everything about your child. And you can't, like, God gives you certain gifts. And you, you, and, and you have to do the best with what you have. And not everybody's going to be a great swimmer. Not everybody's great at math. Not everybody's great at English. Not everybody's great at science. But I think what's really important is for parents to have realistic expectations. Because why they think they're not helping their child by creating an anxious environment. Anxiety and stress is the number one performance inhibitor. So if parents can learn to let the coaches do their job and not be helicopter parents and not micromanage and, you know, find a program that you really trust the coach and don't talk about swimming in the car, talk about anything else, you know, um, you know, I, I know I, I had one swimmer and she just didn't want to get in the car. She didn't want to leave. She didn't want to deal with what she was going to hear in the car. And I felt really bad for her and that, you know, there's nothing I can do. I saw the text she was getting. It was horrifying. And um, I, I, what can you do? I, you can only interfere so much. You can only help people so much. But I, I think if parents, if they were watching this, can step back and just be parents. And when their kid gets in the car, just say to them, and this is what I, this is a phrase I used with Billy. I love watching you swim. I just love watching you swim. You make me so happy when you swim. And my dad used to always say to me, Carly, did you try as hard as you could? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, that's good enough for me. You know, and, and that was great. That was priceless. I knew my father loved me unconditionally. It didn't matter how fast I swam. And I think for kids, it, that's why what I try to do is if they're not getting that at home, I try to help them and I'd say, this was a great swim because I think even in every bad swim, there's good parts. So, so I always explain to the children that, you know, a race is like a four parts test, you know? And I'm always like positive, positive, negative, positive. So if you look at a swim, even a poor swim, there's aspects of a poor swim that are really good. And I think it's really important to point those out to the swimmers because it's really about piecing together the perfect swim. You know, and then tying that into practice, you know, like if I have a swimmer who can't like, all right, we'll do like an IM set we'll do is um, I am like a typical, well, I like to do the IM challenge where we, we do 450s and we go um, fly on 45, back on 45, breath on 50, free on 40, and then we'll go down five seconds, you know, but all the free, you have to be under 30 as close to 30 as possible, you know, on all the frees. 
So then we'll go down, we'll do fly in 35, back in 35, breast on 40, then free under 30. And so I might have an athlete show, you know, he will come back like in 31, 32, and it'd be like, oh, I don't know why I couldn't finish the race. And I'm like, well, when we did that set the other day, <laughs> you know, you didn't, what did you come in on and you're free? Were you coming in under 30 or were you coming in 31, 32, 33? And it's like, oh, I get it, you know? So helping them say, yeah, well, you really didn't get it, but this is why we do this in practice. So if you want to do this in a meet, this is what you need to do in practice because you can't achieve this time if you're not preparing your body uh, to swim at that rate. It, there's no, you know, I always say there's no, you know, swim fairy at the, you know, at the, at, at, you know, the wave their magic wand and help you get that time. If you want to finish your races, you need to train well to finish your races. And so, so we're all, we're almost out of time. I'm uh, sorry, <laughs> but but we've covered covered a lot of topics. I think we've we've got the, the really the full breadth of of your philosophy as a coach. I think there's lessons to take away from co- for coaches, for parents, more, most importantly, uh, for swimmers as well. Um, we're down to about sixty seconds. Uh, Carly, any parting thoughts before we sign off today? Um. Yeah, parents just love your kids. You know, just love your kids and don't it's not about how fast they swim. And they have to learn that it's the effort that's put in. Because the the children who work hard are the ones that are going to be the most successful in life. So um, you know, you have to appreciate work, appreciate your children, um, listen to your coaches, um, try to communicate effectively with your coaches. Um and if you have any questions, you know, um, try to stay calm and just support your athlete and, and tell your child how much you love them and, and allow the coach to develop a relationship with your child that's going to be productive. And try not to interfere with your relationship, with the, the child's relationship with the coach. Let the coach develop um, a healthy, uh, progressive relationship in the pool that, that helps your child progress to their to their level, whatever that level is, and be happy with that. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below, and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.